Hey guys, how's it going? This is Josue Salcedo, youth pastor of Remnant Youth here at King Jesus Ministry. This is the Remnant Youth Podcast. I want to thank you for tuning in with us today. And if you're looking for something that speaks louder than your situation and you want to know what God is saying now, then this message is for you. How many of you have heard of evangelist Robbie Dawkins? You've seen him in Finger of God, Furious Love. Let me tell you, Robbie, my life has been greatly impacted by yours. We honor you. We thank you for receiving our invitation. We know that not only were you invited, but you were assigned here tonight. You were assigned to this house. And we're so privileged and honored to have you. For those of you who don't know, he's literally given his life for the gospel. He's going to share so much with us tonight. Let's put a demand on this man of God. Thank you for your yes. We believe in what you do. We believe in your encounter. We believe in your assignment. Thank you for coming. Come on, church. Can you stand to your feet and give this man of God a great welcome? Come on, put your hands together for evangelist Robbie Dawkins. He's in the house tonight. He's at Ramney. You Come on, put your hands together. I love you, my friend. Love you, brother. It's an honor. Thank you. It's good here. It's good here. Wow. Well, give a big hand for Josue and your pastors here at this church. How many of you love your pastors here? Good. Because if you don't, I will beat you up. I will pray for your healing afterwards, but I will beat you up if you don't love them. I'm just kidding. I won't pray for your healing afterwards if you don't love them. God bless you. You can be seated. What an honor. Uh, to be with you guys. Uh, I just got to meet Apostle Maldonado. Um, Man, what a personal treat and honor. I told him, I said, you got to lay hands on me. You got to give me an impartation. Even just of hair. He has so much hair. If hair is a sign of anointing, I'm in trouble. And he's just dripping with it, you know? I want that. Oh, man, what a joy to be with you guys. Is it okay if I turn this sideways a little bit? I know it's probably not, not supposed to do that, but let me just... <laughs> if I could do that, that'd be nice. Um, I am just... I'm thrilled to be with you. Hey, we've got some resources for you. Uh, where are those resources? That way. They're that way. Uh, for you, uh, I, I've written three books, uh, Do What Jesus Did. How many of you know Jesus didn't come to show us what he could do as the Son of God? He came to show us what we could do. He didn't come to show us what he could do, he came to show us what we could do. And so, uh, when, when uh, Philippians chapter 2 said when he came, he came as a normal human being. He wasn't operating out of uh, his own power as God. You guys can be seated. Man, I'm, I'm afraid you're going to stand the whole time. I don't want you to stand the whole time. And you can take a break on the keys. It's okay. I, I, you can just sit there. Just Lord bless these guys. Look how these guys are serving you by leading you in the presence of God. Man, what a blessing. 
I get spoiled if I have somebody play behind me the whole time. I don't know. I go back home and want music playing while I talk to my wife. I ain't talking to you about that. That's just between me and her. You just stay out of that. But um, it's, uh, we, 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 I've had the privilege of, of writing this book. But Philippians chapter 2, it says that when Jesus came, he didn't come in his God powers. How many of you know that? He wasn't operating in his God powers. He came as a normal human being. And who was his power source? Holy Spirit. Same Holy Spirit that you have. Exact same Holy Spirit that you have. And so if he was operating out of Holy Spirit's power and he's Jesus, who do you have living in you? Jesus and Holy Spirit. You have all the ingredients living in you to do all the same things Jesus did. What we're lacking isn't knowing more how to do that. What we're lacking is activation of that. So we've got to activate what, we've got to activate the Christ that's in us, empowered by the Holy Spirit. So we just got to put it into action. So we're not waiting on him to give us more. Everybody who's praying, Lord, would you give me healing ministry? Would you give me a prophetic ministry? It's already there. You just got to activate that prophetic ministry. You got to activate that healing ministry. You got to activate that evangelist that's inside of you. You got to activate that pastor, that apostle, that teacher. You got to activate what's there. So you're not waiting on God to give you more, okay? And so a lot of my books talk about that. My second book, Identity Thief, uh, is talking about how that Satan has come. He's hacked all of our systems, and he's stolen our identity. And we got to take it back. How many of you know what you feel and what you think is not who you are? All your thoughts and feelings, and, and think, people think, oh, because I have, I'm attracted to the same sex, therefore I'm gay. How many of you know that... Satan can put feelings inside of you. And just because you feel something, that doesn't mean that's who you are. Why? Because I feel fear, but am I fearful? If I'm feeling fear about doing something Jesus tells me to do, how many of you know that's not my fear? That is a manifestation of the spirit of fear. And he's projecting that manifestation on me to keep me away from doing something that's going to cause his kingdom collateral damage. And so he's projecting his fear onto me to keep me away from this thing that's going to cause him damage. And so when we feel that fear, we think, I'm a fearful person. No, you're not. You're more than a conqueror. You're victorious through Jesus Christ. And so you're not waiting for God to give you victory. He's already given it to you. He did it at the cross and he did it with the power of the resurrection. We just have to activate what he's given to us. And so you're not waiting for more. Anyway, all of those, uh, we've also got copies of the movies. We got, do we have it? Do you have the pictures of the, some of the t-shirts that we got? That's my latest book, Do Greater Things. We got a story of me in a mosque giving an altar call in a mosque. And there, they, they, that, that's my friend, Pat Barrett. He's, you guys remember the song, Good, Good Father? Well, he wrote that song. Anyway, he's wearing the shirt called Risk because how many of you know faith is risk? Show the back of it, if you will. The next one, I think, shows the back. If you show the back of the shirt, it says we got to turn up the risk. Because we want to step out in faith, but we don't want to do anything risky. You know what I mean? You know what, you know what I'm talking about. You're at the mall. You see somebody walking with crutches. And we're like, 
Me speaking to the God of all creation. The master and ruler of the universe. Would embarrass and humiliate you. So let's go behind this wall, this rock, this tree. And let me pray for you quietly. So you don't get embarrassed. If faith is a valve and risk is a valve, what did I just do with that valve? Turned it all off. Got to go to the other way. Got to go the other way. You got to turn it up. I was with my kids and, and uh, we were in Rome. I was speaking at a conference in Switzerland and my kids grew up in the hood. So they'd never, you know, like being in Europe, they're like, what? You know, and we're taking a tour of the Vatican and my wife is like, do not touch a thing. If you break it, we can't afford to replace it. Do not touch anything. <laughs> and they're like, mom, it's marble and gold. I don't think we can break anything in here. And so they come out. And one of my boys looks over and he was like 14 years old. And he's like, hey, look, there's a kid in a wheelchair. And he goes running after him. And so the other boys are like, kid in a wheelchair. And they all go running after him. And my wife, and, and they're kind of, they're heading that way. And the, the younger one, he, the older ones, their legs are a little bit longer. So they're going faster. And so they start to pass him, and he's shoving him and slapping him. And he goes, get away! He's my kid in the wheelchair! I saw him first! He's mine! Get away! And they're like going, no, I'm getting there first! And they're like fighting. My wife is like, do not break the boy in the wheelchair! (laughs) So they run up, and I ran too. Sort of. And so they get up and my son gets up to him and he goes, are you paralyzed? And I'm like, oh man. I'm like, you start with your name, you know, and then you, you know, what's your name? And the kid was from Spain. His name was Enrique. And he goes, he goes, uh, my son says, and the kid's like, yeah. He goes, how long have you been paralyzed? He's like 15. He says, I've been paralyzed for 12 years. And he goes, can you move your feet? Move your, he goes, No. And he goes, from the waist down, totally paralyzed. And he looks, my son looks at him and he goes, I'm going to pray for you. And Jesus is going to completely heal you. You're going to get out of that wheelchair. And he said, so everyone watching here will know that Jesus is real. He's here and that he loves you and that he wants a relationship with all of you. And so the, the kid's like, he goes, can I pray for you? And the kid's like, sure. And all of a sudden my son looks around and there's all these people around. And my son looks at him and he goes, Hey! Anybody want to see a miracle? Come here! I'm going to pray for this boy and he's going to get out of this wheelchair right now. Why is he doing that? He's afraid the boy won't be healed. So rather than pulling back and going, Let's go behind this marble pillar... He knows he's got to increase the atmosphere of risk by bringing more people around to watch what's going to happen. Is faith risk? Do you take a risk when you take a step of faith? It is risk. For some of you, you took a risk by giving in this offering. You're taking a step of faith. 
So he put, so people are like, I don't believe in that. I don't believe in any of that. And he's like, then you get really close. Now in our minds, we're like, keep that person further away because that's unbelief and it's going to work against it. Not true. If you can get an atheist to come and lay their hands on the person and have them repeat after you, it's even better. So he says to him, he says, he says, you can't move at all. And there's like 20 people gathered around. And he says, by the authority of Christ, I command your back to be healed. I command your spine. I command the spinal cord to be repaired. I command your feet to move now. Now listen to me. When we're praying that, are we com- is he commanding the kid to do anything? What is he doing? He's commanding that kid's body to be restored. Why? Would you, would you come up here in the jacket? So what's your name? Andres. Andres. So Andres, where does Andres come from? Venezuela. The earth in Venezuela. <laughs> he comes from the earth. He comes from dirt, right? Don't punch me. Don't hit me for that one. <laughs> he comes from the earth. This body comes from the earth. So when you're commanding the body to be healed, what are you doing? Taking dominion over the earth. You're commanding this body to come back under the lordship of Jesus Christ and you're taking dominion over the earth. Shoulder be healed. Now, be repaired. Muscles be restored. Cartilage be restored. You're taking dominion over the earth. I'm not telling him, Andres, to do anything. I'm commanding the body that was formed from the earth to come back under the lordship of Christ. Amen? Thank you. Give him a big hand. So all of a sudden, he prays, prays the first time. He looks at the boy, and he goes, if your paralysis is at a 10, and zero is completely healed, full feeling, where are you at now? And he's like, 10. No change, no change. Can I pray again? He's like, yeah. Prays again, says the same thing. Commanded to be healed, command the, the, the nerves to be restored, the spinal cord, uh, be healed. Now, move your feet. I can't. Any number? Ten. Can I pray again? I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Praise again? Now what are you at? Ten. Still the third time. Now here's the problem is, you and I, we have a tendency to pray one. You know what healing is? War. Healing is war. When Jesus said, I came to destroy the works of the devil... How did he do that? Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, multiplication of food, preaching the, poor, preaching the good news to the poor. That's how we make war against the enemy. And so when you're engaging in healing, you are going to war with the enemy. You're fighting the enemy on his territory. So he's like, can I pray again? He says, yeah. And then I pray the fourth time. And he goes, anything now? And he goes, I think I'm feeling a slight tickling on the top of my left foot. Can I pray again? Yes. Praise again. He starts feeling a tickling on the bottom of his left foot. Can I pray again? Praise again. It feels a tick, tickling on the top of his right foot. And then it starts moving up both legs. By the time he prayed an eighth prayer. Now these aren't long prayers. They're short prayers. Why? Jesus prayed things like, be healed. You know, rise up and walk. Stretch out your hand. Doesn't have to be these long, lengthy prayers. 
But you got to speak to the body and tell the body what you want it to do. Why? Because it comes from the earth. And you're taking dominion over the earth. I command a brand new kidney. I command a brand new pancreas that produces the right amount of insulin. You command the body what you want it to do. And so after this, he says, he, the kid's moving his legs. And he, says, and he says, I think with some help, I could get up. And so the dad and I get on the other side and we help him up. And the mom's crying and he's beginning to take steps for the first time. And then he says, I think if I had something to hold on, I could walk by myself. So a guy was standing by with a crutch. We said, could we borrow that crutch? And he says, yeah. And he gave the kid the crutch. He starts walking with the crutch by himself. Prayed again. And then he goes, I don't need the crutch. He starts walking by himself. And then he starts trotting around. His legs were skin and bones. Skin and bones. But we are seeing his legs thickening up. And then the kid turns back to the, to the parents. He said, take the wheelchair back to the hotel. I'm hanging out with these guys the rest of the day. And then my son looked at him. And then he turned to everybody. And he goes, now, you just saw that Jesus Christ is Lord. He just healed his body, and in healing him, he invited every one of you to a relationship with him. What will you say to Jesus right now? And many of them were like, yes. And so he prayed with them, led them to Christ, and it was amazing. That night, we went to a pizza place. It's Italy. It's what you do. We're at this pizza place, and a blind man walks in. And I'm like, the kids don't see the blind man. I can get to him first. And I slip over to the blind man. I'm like, are you blind? They get it from me. And he's like, yes. You know, with the glasses and the stick. And I said, if you let me pray for you, Jesus will heal you. I said, will you let me pray? He goes, yes. Prayed for him. Where are you? Ten. No change. Can I pray again? Where are you at now? Ten. No change. Can I pray for you again? Where are you at now? Ten. No change. And I said, can I pray for you a fourth time? And he looks and he says, no. And I was like, oh, but you don't understand. And I told him the story about the paralyzed kid at the Vatican. And he goes, no, you can't pray for me. He said, but can I buy you and your family dinner? And I said, no. I just prayed for you. Nothing happened. No, you can't buy us dinner. And I said, why would you want to buy us dinner? You know, it didn't work. And he looks at me. He says, because I've lived in this city all my life, 67 years, and you're the first person who's ever asked me if they could pray for me to be healed. And he goes, I just want to thank you and honor you by buying you. And I said, no, but come join us for dinner. He came and joined us for dinner, and I ended up sharing the gospel with him, and he gave his life to the Christ, even though he wasn't healed. Guys, let me tell you why. Because we don't give up. We persist. When people say no, there's going to be times that you're going to hit a wall. Something's not going to happen. If I stop and say, well, I'm never praying for anybody again because they didn't get healed, who are the results for? But if it doesn't happen, and I tell the enemy, oh no, you're not going to mess with me like that. I'm going out now and finding 10 more. 
If you're gonna if you're gonna rob healing from me, I'm gonna go find ten more, and I'm gonna because you will not take this away. You are not gonna rob. You see, we just give up because it didn't happen. Or see, well, they didn't have enough faith. Most people I pray for don't have any faith. Don't blame their faith. They don't have any. How are they gonna have any until they have an encounter? Encounter changes everything. Guys, let me tell you something. All of these types of things, they're there for you. It's the same Holy Spirit. It's the same Jesus. We're not talking about a more advanced Jesus. A more advanced Jesus is God. You know, you have everything inside of you. We just have to activate what's inside of us. I pastored a poor urban church in the Chicago land. If you saw the movie Father of Lights, where we were meeting with the gang members, the the leaders of the Latin Kings in Chicago. That happened in my church in Aurora, Illinois. When I moved there, Aurora, Illinois, churches were moving out of of Aurora because there there was so much blood. There was so, I mean, blood was running in the streets on a daily basis. It was bad. And I began to pray and I said, Lord, we need a strategy. I, I mean, I don't need a man's strategy. I need a God's strategy. I need a strategy that, that's going to work, that's going to... And the Lord began to tell me, study. I was just telling the apostle this backstage. I said, the Lord said, study the Gadites, the sons of Gad, I, uh, Israel's sons. And I studied them. And one of the verses when Israel is blessing Gad before they die, he's, before he dies, he says, your enemy will grab you by the heel, but you will turn and grab him by the throat. Now, as a man, I love when the Bible says stuff like that. Like, I just love that. I mean, it's like more, you know, yes. I hate the depictions of Jesus on the Sermon on the Mount. First of all, I don't think it looked like they depicted it at all. Where he's sort of leaning against, you know, a rock and his legs are crossed and he's bouncing in his knee and he's like, blessed, the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Let me tell you something. Those words he sang is a war cry. He is rallying the troops for war. Bless those who curse you. Forgive those who do bad. That is war. He's talking about revenge. He's not talking about sweet, nice, fluffy things. It is revenge he's going after. Because when your enemy comes after you and you bless them in return, in the spirit... That is like lobbing a missile that will destroy the works of hell in their life. Those are bunker busters of the spirit. When you bless those who curse you, when you love those who hate you. Satan doesn't like that when you give peace to people who are wanted to kill you. I mean, those are, those are things. Why? Because this is a kingdom. The kingdom of God is upside down. Everything works in reverse. This is a kingdom where love is a weapon of mass destruction. This is a kingdom where peace is a weapon of mass destruction. This is a kingdom where joy is a weapon of mass destruction. And when we minister those things, we are destroying the works of the devil because the devil wants us to operate in everything else but that. You see? And let me explain something. We talk about God's kingdom and Satan's kingdom. How many of you know there's really only one kingdom? Because in order to have a kingdom, you have to have a king. At best, they only have a principality because they only have a prince. We have the king. 
They have no kingdom. Theirs will come under ours because of the King Jesus and his kingdom ruling and reigning over them. So when we take a look at, at what happens here, we are taking back. The Lord said, I want you to go and I want you to do what the Gadites did. So I met with the gang members in our church. And I said, what did you guys do when things, bad things happened to the gang? They're like, well, whatever somebody did to us, we did three times that to them. You took 10,000 of our dollars, we took 30,000 of yours. You, took, you raped one of our women, we raped three of yours. You killed one of our guys, we killed three of yours. Whatever you did to us, we did three times that to you. And I said, that's what we're going to do. And they're like, we're going to kill people in this church? I love this church. And I was like, no, we're not going to kill people. Every time there's a murder, a rape, a violent crime, a theft, we are going to the very block where it happened and we're bringing three people to Christ. We're going to make the enemy pay for stealing and robbing and destroying our city. I have a pet name for the devil. I call him Little Lucy. If your name is Lucy, I'm sorry. It's not you. It's short for Lucifer. Little Lucy. And I said, we're telling Little Lucy the city no longer belongs to you. It now belongs to Jesus. And so what happened is that there would be a murder. And we would go to the very block that it happened and we would lead three people to Christ. There would be a violent crime, a, a theft. There would be a drug deal that went down. We would go to that very block and we'd lead three people to Christ. We'd, we'd pray for a bunch of people, see a bunch of people healed. This, worked, this works for you personally, by the way, too. I was, I was speaking in England at this thing called Soul Survivor. I was in this arena with 11,000 uh, young people getting up to preach. Ren Collective was doing worship right before. And all of a sudden, 40 minutes before I'm supposed to get up to preach... My throat just closes up and my voice, I mean, I'm like, ah, 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 I couldn't talk. I had body aches come all over. It was like the flu just instantly came on me. And I was like, oh no. <laughs> and I walked over to Mike Pilavachi, the guy that runs this thing. And I said, Mike, I'm getting the flu. I can't speak. I can't. He goes, God TV is here with 11 cameras. You have to get up there and preach. He goes, all right, man of faith and power, you better get healed and get healed quick because you're on in 40 minutes. And I was like, thank you for your compassion and care. So I texted my sons and I said, hey, this is what's happening. I'm starting to get the flu. I explained to what I said, I need your help. I need it now. That's all I said. My oldest son texts back and he goes, I'm grabbing two of my brothers. We're hopping in the car. We're heading to the emergency room. Tell us once it stops. Because what we do, they don't even pray for their daddy. They go to the emergency room to make the enemy pay for him attacking their daddy. Twenty-five minutes later, all the symptoms broke. The, the fever left, the body aches left, all of it left. And I texted them and I said, I said, hey, it's all gone. I can speak. Everything's fine. And they said, that's great. We've already led two people to Christ. We've seen two people get healed. You do your thing. We're doing ours. God bless you. We love you, pops. And that was it. 
If the enemy attacks somebody in your family, don't let him get away with that. You make him pay for that. We call that extracting a toll. You got all these tollways here, I've seen. You know what that means? You got to pay to cross that road. If the enemy's going to cross your road, make him pay. Don't give anything for free. Make him pay. This will transform nations, my friends. This will transform nations. If we will put these things into practice, what happened? Crime began to drop so dramatically that the gangs began to threaten a war and they were saying that they were going to start the bloodiest war in all of Aurora's history. And what you saw in Father of Lights was a meeting that we brought them in because we were like, I told the the main leader, I said, I want three of the top Latin kings in my church. How many did I say we take? So we took the three top guys that were in our area in the, fur, in the western suburbs, brought them in, and what you saw in that movie is what happened. We prayed for them. They got healed. They began to feel electricity. Sam, the big guy with the glasses, he's picking his chair up, and he's looking. He's like, there's got to be wires running to this chair. And I said, why? He goes, I'm feeling electricity surge through my body as you're praying for me. And I looked at him, and I said, that is not... Uh, a wire is going to the chair. That's the Holy Spirit. And that's Jesus saying, how do you do? I want a relationship with you, Sam. And my friend Todd White, he prophesied, gave him a really clear prophetic word. And man, we saw those guys right there give their lives to Jesus. And since then, two of those guys are now elders in my church. How does that start? I want to tell you a story. I want to tell you how that started. Can you throw that first picture up? This is my grandfather. His name is Milo Douglas. Milo, this is in 1937. It's in the height of the Depression. He lived in the Dust Bowl. All the farms around him were crashing. Milo, when he was 19 years old, he was at a Seventh-day Adventist Bible college and they began to fast and pray and they got baptized in the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues in 1911. This was two years after Azusa. They didn't even have heard of Azusa. And he began to come under such persecution at the school that he ended up having to leave because he had a nervous breakdown because they began to persecute him and treat him so badly. But Milo went back home And Milo said on the train back home, he said, I'll never prophesy ever again. Because he yielded to the persecution. Now let me tell you something. Milo was a man who trusted God. Pastor was talking earlier about giving. Milo gave no matter what. This is in the height of the depression. No farm anywhere around where he was in Colorado could grow potatoes bigger than that. Bigger than a quarter. And what is Milo's holding in his hand are state prized potatoes. Because Milo would tithe no matter what. Whether he had it or whether he didn't, he gave no matter what. And God blessed him no matter what. He went through hard times. There were times he wasn't sure, but he stayed faithful because he one thing he always said is I know God never lies. And if he says something, he'll follow through and he did he'll do it. And he believed God. Go to the next picture. This is his journal. 
And this is in 1939. And in one of these pages, in one of these sections in the journal, it says missions. You'll see where it says tithe. Several, this is in the height of the Depression. In one of the columns, it says missions, two cents. And many years later, when Milo became, uh, he, he, he had a, a stroke and he could barely speak and he could barely move. And I was 15 years old and Milo would come, my grandfather would call me over to his table and he had two books on his table. He had this journal and he would always, I would say, Grandpa, why do you have this journal of, of your finances during the depression? He said, because this is a testimony of God's faithfulness. He says, this tells you God keeps his promises. And the other was his Bible. I have both. And he would call me over and he would point to this page and he would point to where it says missions, two cents. And he'd say, Robbie, that's you. And I would say, two cents? (laughs) Grandpa, really? That's all I get? Two cents? I'm only worth two cents? And he goes, you don't understand the story. He said, when your mother was 10 years old, show the next picture if you would. This is my mother at 10. This is Rose Dawkins. Her name was Rose Douglas then. But he said, your mother was at a, we were at a missions conference, a statewide missions conference. And he said, we were taking up the offering and he goes, we'd only got a third. We were at the last service, the last day, the last meeting, and we had only gotten a third of the amount of money that we need for the missions. And he said, your mother stepped to the front and asked the moderator, he, she said, can I please see the basket and can I say something? And so he gave her the offering basket and she held the offering basket and she goes, I'm just a poor pastor, farmer's daughter. And she goes, I have no money to give. And she set the basket on the ground and she stepped in the basket and she said, so I give me. She said, I will go to a nation no one wants to go to. And I'll share the gospel there. And she said, I'll give my life to them. She said, I have no money to give, so I give myself. And he said, Robbie, that night, they got in one and a half times more than they were trying to get in. Why? Because a 10-year-old little girl gave it all. A 10-year-old little girl gave it all. My grandfather looked at me and he said, Robbie, that two cents that was in that journal, I gave my last two cents that night. And he said, and I knew that what was going to come out of your mother would go to the nations of the world and would transform nations. And he said, Robbie, it's you. He said, you will go to nations and you will bring nations to Jesus. He said that two cents will go far beyond anything, anyone, because he goes, your mother stepped in and gave it all. Always remember, money is blood. It represents the blood of your life. When you're giving what you have, but remember this, it's only a token of you giving all of you. Of all of you. Go to the next picture. This is my mother in Japan as a missionary. This is where I was born because my mother kept her word to God. She knew God didn't lie and neither was she. And this is her. The children would run up to the car. They called her the Jesus lady. 
because she would always talk about Jesus. And they would come running and she would tell my father, she goes, you are focused on the adults. She said, the children are the key to the, to the nation of Japan. Go to the next picture. This is a picture of my mom giving a call for salvation in all the hands of all the Japanese children. In April, I was in Japan. Todd White and I went to Japan to do a conference. And many of the leaders of the Church of Japan, they came to me after showing this picture with tears in their eyes. And they said, I'm in that picture. They said, I remember the Jesus lady. I gave my life right there. My hand is raised right there. And now they are leading the Church of Japan. Why? Because a 10-year-old little girl stepped in the basket and my grandfather said she didn't just give herself she gave every generation that would come after her every generation a legacy was birthed that day when she stepped in that basket God is here to challenge you will you start a legacy will you start a legacy go to the next picture This is my son. He's praying on the streets of Aurora with a gang member. A year before this, my son would preach the gospel at school. How many many of you go to high school? Preach the gospel there. Preach the gospel. He would preach to the kids at school. And many, many times they would jump him, they would beat him up afterwards. A year before this had happened... A group of guys after school, they got mad because their girlfriends would stop having sex with them because Judah was preaching the gospel to them. And they were beating him and they were punching him in the mouth so much that his teeth began to come through his lower lip. And blood was pouring down his mouth and he looked at them and he says, I don't care how many times you beat me, I will not stop telling you how much Jesus loves you. And with that, one of the boys pulled out a pipe and hit him over the head and knocked him out. Drug him out to the middle of the road for him to be run over and killed. Thank God a passerby, a guy in a car, stopped and pulled my son to the road and got him help. Or he probably would have been run over and killed. Go to the next picture. This is my son on his wedding day. His wife, her parents, you, you wouldn't know it to look at her. But if you, you had heard this girl speak Chinese and close your eyes, you would think she's Chinese. Her family's from Sweden, but she's fluent in Chinese. And she, they've been missionaries to China. But I want to tell you about the young man closest to the camera. His name is Ernesto. And Ernesto was my son's best man. And as he was raising his glass after the wedding to toast my son, he's holding up his glass and he's telling, he starts to tell that story I just told you. And we were like, not now. You know, we're here to celebrate the wedding. We don't want to hear this now. Not now. Don't tell this now. You know, tell another time. We didn't know Ernesto was even there. And as he's holding the glass, he said, you see, I was the one who held the pipe. He said, I wanted to kill Judah. And he said, I drugged Judah Dawkins out to the road because I wanted to watch him die. And he said, but Judah wouldn't stop. 
coming after us until every one of us who beat him that day gave our lives to Jesus. And he said, I'm alive today because of Judah. Because he wouldn't stop. And I asked my son later, I said, son, I said, how did you get the courage to keep going? I didn't know that story. I didn't know. Ernesto was like a son to us. He would come and sleep at my house, eat all my groceries, all of my groceries, you know. <laughs> and I was like, I didn't know that he was one of the boys. And he, I, said, I said, how did you have, find the strength to do that? What was your motivation? He goes, oh, dad, I had to get revenge. He said, I knew the only way to make the enemy pay for this was to lead every one of those boys who persecuted me to Jesus. He said, I had to get revenge. Go to the next picture. This is me in Iraq. This is two years ago. And we walked in. I don't have time to really get into this story, but we walked in. The waiter ran over. We were in Mosul. And we were right on the side of the city. This, this, this part of the city has since been destroyed. But the waiter came running over. As soon as we walked in the restaurant, he came running over. You know where Mosul is in the Bible? Nineveh. Nineveh is Mosul. That's why there's such a battle over it. And so he came running over and he says, what do you have? What do you have? And I said, what are you talking about? He goes, as soon as you walked in here, I felt peace come over me like I've never felt before. And he goes, I have to have that peace. How do I get that peace? Where does it come from? How? And I said, that's Jesus. And the fact you feel it, that is Jesus saying, I want a relationship with you right now. And he goes, then let's do it. And we prayed with him and he accepted Christ. And he came to me later throughout the whole time in the restaurant. He wasn't even our waiter. Throughout the whole time in the restaurant, he was saying to me, he goes, he said, he kept coming crying. He goes, he goes, I keep feeling it. He, and then he finally, he says, he goes, I was going to kill myself tonight. He said, I get paid tonight and I was going to get my paycheck, take it to my mother. And then I was going out in the desert and I was going to cut my own throat and kill myself. And he said, because I have no peace. And he says, finally, finally, I have peace. Go to the next picture. This is us baptizing Iranians in the northern part of Iran. I got even better baptism pictures of Iranians, but this is actually in Iran. And us baptizing, I mean, they'll kill you for this. This is, okay, I know this is a super ghetto baptismal. It's a, a blue tarp with bungee cords. I mean, it was the best we could do. They didn't have anything else. But when the Iranians would come out of the water, you know what they would say? As we would lift them, the reason why that he has his arms up is they would come out of the water and they would say, all of my living, all of my dying, every day from this day to that, all of it is now yours. They are not pledging just to live for Jesus. They are pledging their deaths for him. I know because I was just with 30, baptizing 30 Iranians on the Turkish-Iranian border and they were all coming out of the water shouting the same thing. Because they know this could mean a death sentence for them. My friends, we have so much to learn from these guys. Later, I went to uh, Kabul, Afghanistan, and I'm going to show you a video from that. Are you guys okay? Am I boring you? Are you bored? If you're bored, I will read to you from the book of Numbers. Trust me. The best sleeping pill in the Bible is the book of Numbers. 
But I went to Afghanistan, and when I went there, man, the Afghans, right before I went, they set off an explosion outside of the German embassy, killing, in the video I say 80 uh, were killed and 200, it was over 100 were killed, 200 uh, that were injured. People were calling me going, you cannot go. And the, I told the Lord, I'm going in during Ramadan. Now, if you know anything about Islam, that's the most dangerous time for a Christian to go. How do you spell faith? R-I-S-K. It's risk. You got to take risk. And so I'm like, I've got to demonstrate to the Afghans, we're going to see more miracles if I come to the most dangerous country in the world, the most dangerous city in the world at the most dangerous time of the year. No security, no protection, nothing. And so we go in and that was the cover. When we were landing, the flight attendant said, Mr. Dawkins, would you like a magazine? And it's the front of it is the president And it says, Afghanistan is the front line. And I said, yes, Lord. I'm telling you what we saw happen in our city. If we train the Afghans to do this within 10 years, and you listen to me prophetically, you hear me, Afghanistan will be a Christian nation in 10 years. The entire nation. 10 years. Iran is already well on its way. This will work there, I promise you. But then the scene we're about to see, they take 14 years from just meeting somebody before they share the gospel with them. They take seven years before they even tell them they're a Christian, and then another seven before they share the gospel because they're so paralyzed by fear. And I kept telling them, this fear is not your fear. This is a lie. This is a deception of the enemy. It doesn't belong to you. This is the enemy firing fiery darts at you. Don't believe it is your fear. And I said, because I'm going to show you how to reduce 14 years down to 14 minutes. And they said, how's that? I said, because I'm going to teach you how to live the book of Acts. If you live the book of Acts, it reduces everything down to four. Power of the Holy Spirit turns every, all of this lengthy time into no time. Because if people have an encounter, it'll change their lives. Amen. So we were, we were, I was teaching them, training, I brought people from all over the country. We were training them and then we were taking them out on the streets. Now the first scene that you're about to see in this film, I got called by the CIA. They were telling, I was telling Josue this, I can't tell you the details of it, but they're like, you can't go, da, 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 da. And I was like, oh, I'm going. I'm going, especially that you called. Now I know I'm going. Because if you're saying don't go, it is the height of risk, which is the height of faith. And so, um... We went, so when, I, when, I, we, when they landed there, and like I said, they were, they were so scared, they were so terrified, and I said, I'm going to show you guys how we're going to beat the spirit of fear, by doing the very thing the enemy's making you afraid of doing. That's how you defeat the spirit of fear. Why? Because if you yield to the fear, then the fear is Lord. Fear's not going to be Lord of your life, because you're called for more. You're made more than a conqueror. So... In this video clip at the first, when you see the soldiers come up, it shows me get into the car right away. That's not what happened. They had to do that because the first thing they did was take away the camera. So we didn't have a camera to catch what happened, but they were actually holding me at gunpoint, two soldiers with rifles, and one of them grabbed the camera and he was looking through the footage and he goes, you're Christians. And I said, yes. And he says, you're proselytizing. And I said, yes. And the translator went, why? 
And he says, you just say you, you, you follow Jesus' teachings. You don't say you're a Christian. You don't. And I looked at him and I said, Muhammad, I said, if we yield to that, if we do that, then it's like we've denied every miracle we've ever seen. We deny the very salvation we've experienced. We deny everything that God has done. It's like we're saying God doesn't exist. And I said, Muhammad, I'd rather be dead. I'd rather die than deny that. And so they're holding us at gunpoint, and the guy is like, they're looking through the footage, they're seeing it, and he goes, look, they are proselytizing. Do you see this? And the fear was that if they have the camera, then they will go back and kill every single one of the people they find on the camera. And so we were praying, you see me pray at one point, Lord, make seeing eyes blind. (laughs) And that's why I say that prayer, Lord, make seeing eyes blind. But all of a sudden, they were looking through, and they were like, we got them. And the guy lifts up the gun, and and I'm like, he's about to shoot me. And I extend my hand, and I said, sir, I release to you the peace of Jesus Christ. And it was just the words that came out of my mouth. It was my way of forgiving him. It was just me sort of expressing forgiveness before he kills me, because I know Afghanistan will be a Christian nation. And I know he'll regret having killed somebody to come and to bring him love and peace and joy. I know he will regret that. And I don't want him to feel bad. I want to forgive him in advance. And as soon as I said that, all of a sudden he drops his head to the side. And he just stares at me. Have you guys ever seen that movie Crocodile Dundee? You know the water buffalo where he's like, and the buffalo just collapses. It was like that. He's like, and he goes, you can go. And I was like, he said it in Farsi, so I wasn't sure. And I looked over at Muhammad and Muhammad said, he said, we can go. I said, what do we do? And he goes, go, go, get in the car, go. And the other guy's arguing, no, look at this footage. Now that part you see, you see the argument over the footage, that part you hear the argument over. And then he says, no, I said they can go, let them go. And so we get back in the car and then we were like, and as soon as we get back in the, the Afghans are like, we didn't know it worked like that. They were like, let's go get more, because they were on fire. But you want to see what happened? All right, let's show it. I'm giving myself for the one thing, the one thing that's worth giving myself for in all of history. In all the world, one thing worth dying for. I'm here doing it right now. It just kept coming back again and again. There's nothing else worth it like this. There's no nation, there's no government, there's nothing, nothing worth it the way this is worth it. This is the one thing for all of history, all of time, that is worth giving everything for. To see that God is here on the moon. This, this is Iranians being baptized of in Iran. that's even in denial of him. This is, at this time, the most dangerous country in the world for Christians. I mean, uh, you know, these three major 
uh, Muslim terrorist groups that he'd just blown up four days before a bomb right outside of the German embassy, killing 90 people, injuring 200 people, shutting down the city streets, shutting down a major part of the city. The tension that that, that brought, that whole tension of death, was moving into this place of Christians accusing other Christians if you keep going out and evangelizing, if you keep sharing your faith, if you keep inviting people to Jesus, you're going to get us killed. And then they got it. Oh, Holy Spirit, just go before us. Direct us. Father, we just thank you that Jesus is going to be so famous. Afghanistan. I had saw a guy walking down the street and it was limping and I knew he had a leg shorter than the other. We had that. We are surrounded by three different major Muslim terrorist groups that are controlling the city. Al-Qaeda, ISIS, the Taliban, all three are colliding and fighting over this one city, you know, in the heart of Afghanistan. When you start communicating Jesus as being higher than Muhammad is when there's danger. And when miracles are happening in the name of Jesus today, they don't happen in the name of Muhammad today. This one is shorter, yeah. Oh man, look at that. That is significant. Okay. In Jesus' name, I command his hips to line up. Grow right now in Jesus' name. I declare peace in these hips. In Jesus' name. And so I'm holding the guy's legs and we're praying and, you know, commanding this leg to grow out in Jesus' name. All of a sudden we see the police approaching in the distance. In Jesus' name. Perfect alignment. Perfect alignment. Right now. Okay. Okay. Hide your camera. Hide the camera. All right. Okay. This is where we actually went to the front. And have it the laughter. I sat there and I thought, man, there's no place to run. If this turns quick, we, we're, we're, we're completely uncovered. How they have to explain any authority? Oh, those were Christians and they prayed for that guy. Or they were talking to him about Jesus. That's all they need. He's asking why you film. When I saw them standing there and they grabbed the camera and they grabbed the phone, I was like, oh no, all the evidence is on there. They have it all. 
They have they they can all they have to do is look past a couple of little scenes and boom, that's it. We're dead. Board <laughs> make blind. Seeing eyes blind. Of them? No, no, no. no. Yeah. It was it was the hardest thing getting in that car and, and taking off. But yet the Lord spoke to me as soon as we started to pull away. He said, the seed is planted. Well, you clearly demonstrated the gospel. The seed was planted. It's not done. There's more to come. The enemy wants to keep us in fear. If we react in fear and just hide, that's what he wants. But we react to that by going out healing the sick, telling them about Jesus. We make the enemy pay for that. And that's how we tell them, you stay out of our city. We've got the devil on the run. We've got Satan terrified. He, he's, he knows what's going to happen. And he's throwing everything at us. This opposition actually is there to create a fire, to, to stir us, to increase everything rather than to pull back from everything. And so it was, it was at that point, our last day together, we prayed, Holy Spirit, would you come? The Afghans had never seen anybody us? ever fall out would of the spirit before. Fire here? They don't get YouTube it there. Came. <laughs> it came with fire, and it came with boldness, and it came with the release, and it came with courage. This is a Taliban leader who had come to kill us. A power surge of the Holy Spirit. They needed to be. He's now one of the greatest evangelists there. They needed to be filled and empowered, and it only came by that power of the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Spirit coming and filling them with something that had to be beyond themselves, with a power, an authority, a release, a boldness, a holy boldness was the only only way that it could happen. see more. Now all the gloves are off. Now everything's changed. Now we're going all in. During Ramadan, most of the Muslim people are, they only come out at night because during the day they have to fast. There's no, they can't even drink water. And so we're winding around through these streets, desolate area. This is, you know, just sort of extreme place out of the way. On that side of the road, is it possible? Yeah, that's alone. Oh, missing arm. Wow. 
داری می خواهی که برای دعا کنم What's wrong with his hands? Uh, what type of jaws? My dog. His hand was like a claw. He couldn't open it. This hand also has some problems. He can't stretch him out. He cannot open. So touch his hand. Touch his hand. Touch his hand. Touch his hand. All right. Father. Father. In the name of Jesus. I command this hand. to be healed right now this is not me praying this is me coaching them to pray these fingers to straighten right now be healed in Jesus name oh he's surprised He's surprised yeah, at this. Now he's surprised. Do you now see? Okay. Jesus loves you so much. His finger is more straight. And his finger is straight. His finger was bent. Oh, you see it? Yeah. <laughs> I saw his finger straight. Yeah, this thing. Wow, look at that, man. Nice shot. Yeah, same. Nice shot. fingers not bent. Yeah. No, I know. I saw yeah. his his hand was like that yeah. before. Yeah. Jesus just healed your hand. It was like that. All of all of cut with it. Now it's like all straight. Straighten it out all the way. Nice shot. Yeah. Yeah. There's no more pain. I saw it. I know. I saw his, his finger was like that, and these fingers were like that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's Jesus telling you how much He loves you. It was the moment, the pinnacle of what we knew God had sent us there for to do, and to see that for them to catch that. He's really for us. He's contending for us. He's breaking through. He's doing it. This isn't us having to do it. This isn't us having to be just wise as serpents alone. He's there. You know, he's got a sword drawn. He's fighting in this battle. This is Ramin telling him that that's how Jesus invites you to a relationship is by healing you and touching you. Megama sacrifice me kono bakhotri sa khoda. He said that he would be able to sacrifice himself for Jesus. He said now I am able to sacrifice myself for Jesus because he knows it means he could die. Just pray with him right there. You have to say the name of Jesus. There's power in that name. That will change things. That will disarm things. You have to say the name of Jesus. And so he says the name of Jesus translates it And then there is this peace. He's having, he's feeling so much peace that he never felt before since he's born. Hallelujah, praise God. So good. They later, the Afghans later, were talking about, so as soon as you, you translated the name of Jesus, there was something that happened. You're my brother. Your brother. Your brother. I love you, my brother. I love you, my brother. 
I'm going to pray for you all the time. I love you. They just got an impartation of boldness. They got it. And it just... I lost it after that. I was like... Lord, they can't see me go there and do this. They've got to see you're fighting for them. You're fighting for them. You're defending them. Because they're the ones doing this every day on the line. I'm just coming in. I'm just providing a spark. This is their opportunity to see God is on our side. And he is advancing this gospel. It's not just us and our efforts and us and our persuasion abilities, our ability to speak. But it is a collision. It is the kingdom breaking into the natural and Man, demonstrating the reality of the power of who Jesus is. And him showing, I am Lord. And this is my nation. And I will be proclaimed in the streets of this city. Praise God. I have had the privilege of being in 65 different nations. And let me tell you why. Because a 10-year-old little girl stepped in the basket. You may think you're not much. But you're enough to change nations. You've been called to transform nations. That two cents is gone all over the world. Because she gave it all. And she gave every generation that would come out of her. Jesus said these powerful words. In Luke chapter 10, he says, Now, go. Now the words he says before, is he said the harvest is white. It's ready. But there's not enough workers who will go. It's ready. But my people are too distracted. They're too worried about what people will think of them. They're too worried about looking stupid. Because they're worried more about their reputations. But then he said, Go. I send you out as conquering warriors. I send you out so that lightning bolts will shoot from your fingertips and balls of fire from your eyes. No. He says, go. I send you out as lambs among wolves. How many of you know that's not a good thing to say before you send people out to do evangelism? What's Jesus doing? He's turning up the risk. He's saying, no more safe church. 
No more praying for your safety. Stop wasting your time. You get to pray for your safety as much as Jesus and the Apostle Paul prayed for their safety. Never once. People write me all the time, I'm praying for your safety. I said, stop praying for safety. Pray for revival. I'm not interested in being safe. Safety will get you killed. Revival will change nations. You know what the miracle was after he said that? They actually went. They went. He's telling them, I'm sending you out as lamps. And they're like, oh, good, let's go. He says, you may be beaten, you may be cast out. Your only recourse is shake the dust off your sandals, go to the next city and say, will you please do the same? But what happened when they came back? They came back and they said, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when we used your name. Jesus didn't say anything about demons when he sent them out. You know why? That's scary. Lambs among wolves, not scary, but demons are scary. They said, Lord, even the demons obeyed us when they use your name. And he says, yes, he told them. And I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. They were told they were being sent out to be devoured. And they still went. That's the power of the gospel. The love of Christ compels me. Compels me to go to pee with people I don't even like. To be with people that I'm even afraid of. To be with some people I don't even want to be around ever. The love of Christ compels me. And as a kid, when I would hear my parents preach on that scripture, I thought he was say, like sort of going back to the beginning of time. I saw Satan fall like lightning. Like he's having a senior God moment or something. He's not speaking in the past. He's speaking in the present. He's saying as you go out and you preach the gospel, as you do healing, as you give prophetic words, as you cast out demons, you dethrone Satan in Miami. You dethrone the enemy in your territory. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven in Aurora, Illinois, and I saw Satan fall fall like lightning from heaven in Kabul, Afghanistan, in Tehran, Iran, in Shiraz, Iran. I've seen Satan fall like, he- like lightning from heaven in Karachi, Pakistan. Increase the risk. Don't play it safe. Spend yourself. Step in the basket. Start a legacy. Would you stand? Just close your eyes and put out your hands. Do me a favor. Don't pray. We're so used to praying, but I want you to receive. Holy Spirit, come. Come, Holy Spirit. Release in this house an impartation of boldness. 
spirit. Be filled. Be filled right now. of you are feeling tingling and heat over your body maybe your hands are shaking or your hands are getting hot or you're feeling warmth come over or you're feeling a heaviness on you if you're feeling that raise your hands straight up right now all over this room if you have your hands up come to the front right now feeling tingling or heat in your hands or your fingertips, raise your hands right now. Raise them straight up. If you're at your seat and you're raising your hands, come forward. If you're feeling that in your hands, that's a healing anointing that's being released here. That healing anointing has been in this house for years, but it's being released to you into your hands right now. Some of you are feeling that around your mouth or your jaw. You're feeling tingling or heat around your mouth or your jaw or your tongue. If you're feeling that around your mouth, your jaw or tongue, wave your hand at me. That's a prophetic anointing. Some of you are feeling it in your legs or in your feet, in your lower extremities. If you're feeling that in your legs or your feet, wave your hands at me. That is the nations. Holy Spirit, double it right now. A double portion, a release of great boldness to take nations. More, Lord. More, Lord. Fire of God, fall on this group. More, Lord. More, Lord. More. 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 More, Lord. More, Lord. Go deep, Holy Spirit. Go deep, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. Ruinous for the average, the mundane, the ordinary. Let them become tasteless. That we move into the extravagant place of where you move and work. More. Be filled. Be filled. More, Lord. More, Lord. There's a mighty evangelist right here. A mighty evangelist right here. More, Lord. Fire of God. Ignite us. The Father heart of God lives in you. 
Enlarge the Father's heart. Enlarge it. More, Lord. A prophet, a prophet, a prophet, a prophet, a prophet, a prophet. Release the word. Go deep. More, Lord. More, Lord. Oh, there's so much more. There's so much more. You've done so much. All your dreams are not your dreams for your life. They're God's dreams for your life. He's just allowing you to dream his dream for you, Josue. It's his dream for you. Everything you've given me, everything beneficial and useful for your kingdom, I release to this man of God. Fill him with it. Resurrection power be released on him right now in the name of Jesus. More, Lord. More. Go deep. More, Lord. Fill. Fill. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. More, Lord. Fill him up, Holy Spirit. Fill him up, Holy Spirit. Fire of God. Fire of God. Fire of God. Be filled. Be filled. More. 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 Be filled. Be filled. Go deep. Go deep. Go deep. More, Lord. More, Lord. Fresh fire. 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 Go deep, Holy Spirit. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. For those of you that are feeling that in your hands, raise your hands up. For many of you, you're going to begin to feel it move down your hands, down your arms, into your chest. As you begin to feel it move across your chest or your back, wave your hands at me. That is the Father heart of God being birthed in you right now. You will never be the same. You will not leave this place as you came. You will not leave this place as you came. You will not leave this place as you came. That is the Father heart of God. That is a baptism of love. Straight from your Father. Straight from a pure Father with only pure motives that is so proud of His sons and daughters that are going to transform nations. And it's going to start next door. It's going to start next door. It's going to start with the person beside you at work, at school. Go deep. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. We just break every attack of the enemy right now. Go. 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 You have no right to stay. Now go. Get out now. Be released. Be free. It's all right. Let her, let her there. Let her there. It's okay. It's okay. More, Lord. Break every demonic attack. We command it to go now. We bind the spirit of death. Leave now. You have no right. Now go. More, Lord. Be free. In Jesus' name. More, Lord. Fill. Fill. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Fresh fire. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Live it there. Be filled. Be filled. Be filled. Be released. 
Be released right now. In Jesus' name. Be released right now. In Jesus' name. It ends tonight. More, Lord. More, Lord. Fire of God. Ruin us. Ruin us with your fire. Ruin us with your presence. Make average life become tasteless. Ruin us with it. Be filled. Be filled. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. Peace of Jesus right now. More, Lord. More, Lord. More, Lord. More. Be filled. Be filled. More, 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 more. Go deep. Go deep. If you need healing in your body, raise your hand right now. If you're being touched by the Holy Spirit, don't be distracted. Keep your focus on Him. But if you if you were feeling that tingling in your hands, look at the people with their hand raised beside you and ask them where they need healing. And I want you to command their body to be healed. Command that area. Speak, to, ask them where they need healing. Activate right now the power of the Holy Spirit that's in you. There's some of you that have been asking for tongues. How many of you have been asking for the baptism of the Holy Spirit with tongues? Raise your hand high. You guys standing around them, reach over, put your hands on them. And just you guys with your hands raised, say, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with tongues right now. Say that now. Speak in tongues. You aren't waiting for anything. It's already been given to you. Activate, activate, activate the power of the Holy Spirit that's on you. You guys praying for them for healing? Pray for them, then have them check it really quick. There's going to be some healings happen as you begin to experience healing. If you're like 50% or more, begin to clap so we can rejoice with you. Father, we thank you that there's a healing anointing remnant is about to triple. 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 The remnant is going to be the main. It's going to be the main. It's going to be the main. Don't pray for them quietly. I don't want you, if you pray quietly in here, you're going to pray really quietly out there. Pray for them with boldness. More, Lord. Turn it up. Turn it up. Turn it up. Some of you that have been battling the spirit of fear, raise your hands. By the authority of Christ, we bind and break the power of the spirit of fear. Fear, you're a liar. Fear, you're a liar. And we will obey you. You are Lord no more. We refuse to obey fear because that's the enemy's fear of us that he's projecting onto us. Tell it now. Fear, you're a liar. And I will obey you no more. 
No more. By the authority of Christ. In Jesus' name. Thank you for joining us today and a special shout out to those who follow us on a weekly basis. If you love what you heard, hit the subscribe button and follow us at Remnant Youth on Instagram and YouTube. God bless you. We love you.